Aloha, people of God. It's your brother Mike Dillard coming at you live and direct from Honolulu, Hawaii. Welcome to Fully Submitted with Brother Mike. Oh, let me tell you, I am so excited to come to you today and share this message with you. It's a great message, as every message is. If it is a message that comes from the Most High God, it can't be anything other than that. Hallelujah. God is a faithful God. And you know, he's faithful to his word. He's faithful to his promises. And we have to remember in the body of Christ that our God is faithful to his character. The Lord our God never changes. And so I always say this is why. If you learn the ways of the Lord, it's so good because God never changes. And so today we're actually going to talk about one of these characteristics of the Lord's nature. We're going to talk about a characteristic of his character. Okay. And he never changes. This is who our God is. And when you get this and you walk up rightly before him, you cut out the sinning and, you know, playing around and half, you know, half stepping in and out of righteousness. Then you get to see God move in power. So some people say, and I am going to get to the title and we are going to pray, but hey, let's go. Let's keep it moving. Some people say even today. Oh, the Lord is not a God of miracles. You know, he he is a God that did miracles in the Old Testament. That was for them. He's a God that did miracles, you know, in the first church in the book of Acts. Like that's that's who God is. He's not a God that does miracles, signs and wonders in this current day. Oh, my friends. I am here to tell you that God, our God, the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, hallelujah, our God, our Father up in heaven, our God, the Holy Spirit, our God, the triune God is the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. He is still a miracle working God always there in the midst. He's never changed. He can't lie to you. He can't break his word. He can't break his covenant with himself nor with you. Hallelujah. And even when you're not good to God, he's still good to you. That is who he is. He never changes. So on that note, we're going to go ahead and pray, give the title and get it started. Amen and amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your wonderful gift of salvation. Father God, that you've given us as your people, God, as your people, God. We thank you, Father, for allowing us to be your children, God, even the children that were grafted onto the vine, God. Father, thank you for allowing us to be the apple of your eye, God, no matter where we are right now, God, because we have faith in your son, Jesus, Father God, we are your children and it doesn't matter if we're rich and it doesn't matter, God, if we're well known or or no one really knows us. What is what matters, God, is that you know us, God. Your eye is on the sparrow, so we know it's on us, Father. Thank you for being so, so, so good to us, Father God, and never changing who you are. 
Father, I pray that you would help me. Don't even help me. God, I ask that you would speak through me, God. I offer myself up to you, God, as a living vessel today, as a willing vessel today. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Maranatha, come, God. Anoint this word. Anoint this message, God. Anoint me to speak it, God. Give me the, 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 the power to speak it, God, and the clarity, God. And Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters around the world, wherever they are, God, that you would touch their hearts, God, that you would give, give them the ears to hear what thus saith the Lord, not what thus says Mike Dillard, brother Mike, but what thus saith the Lord, God, touch their hearts, God, prick their consciences, God, lift their heads up, God, wherever they are, God, and allow your strength to come into their inner man, God, and even into their bodies, God, as they receive the message of faith, God, that you have given me today. Father, I pray these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Jesus. Amen. 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 We love you, Father God. Thank you for being our God. Woo! Hallelujah. Ooh, I'm excited today. <clears throat> the Lord our God is in the midst. Hallelujah. Okay, so the title of this message is From Weakness Comes Strength. From Weakness Comes Strength. All right. All right. We are going to do uh, a bit of reading today. Give me one moment. I needed to actually change the title. So I'm writing the new title down. <laughs> From weakness comes strength. Amen. Okay. The primary scripture that we're going to, the foundational scripture that we're using today is Hebrews 1134. Uh, I use the King James Version, but you use what version you want. Okay, Hebrews 1134. It says, quench the violence of fire. You know what? Let me back up. Let me back up a little bit. Y'all already know how I do it. <laughs> I have the initial scripture, and then when I get started, it's like, oh, you know, I probably should back up just a little bit. All right, here we go. Thank you for grace. Hebrews 11. Verses 32 through 34. That's mo better, mo better. Okay, and what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah, of David also and Samuel and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. So this morning as I was praying, and as y'all know, I never know when the, the, the next message is coming. I don't know when it's coming. <laughs> it could be any day. It could be any time. It could be anywhere when the Holy Spirit gives it to me. But this morning I was on my knees. I was praying. And as I was reading through this, this particular scripture, what jumped out at me was out of weakness were made strong. Out of weakness were made strong. Now, one thing that we know about the Lord, our God, is that, amen, his, his strength is, is perfected in our weakness. God doesn't use the, the mighty and the strong and the powerful. Why? Because those people are so full of themselves. They don't even believe that God exists. And if they do, they don't believe that they need him. It's all about them. Look at what I did. I got this. Look at what I did. I can do it. That, 
God doesn't change. You think about Gideon and the Bible never tells us the exact number of, of opponents that he faced, but it talked about how they looked like locusts. You know, I, reach, I recently watched, a, my wife and I, Angela, we watched this documentary uh, on Netflix and I think it was called Our Planet 2. So in other words, it was the second documentary, Our Planet 2. And it's one of these documentaries about animals, right? Just how amazing these animals that God are. God made. Now, of course, they're not talking about God. It's a, it's a worldly show or whatnot. But as a, as a child of God, you can't help to watch and just be amazed and in awe at God at how he's made all of this biodiversity. Right. And giving these creatures abilities and and knowledge and, and things that go. It, it's, it's just amazing. 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 So anyway, you know, as I was as we were watching this thing, this documentary, you know, it just got me to thinking about God and just just how amazing he is. You know how he he never changes. Right. He never, never changes. And he always he always, always, always uses the weak to make people strong. He doesn't change. So anyway, as I was saying, the locusts, the Bible said that the army that Gideon was facing, there were so many of them, they were, they were like locusts. And so in this documentary, the thing that really stood out to me the most when I watched this documentary, it was about the locusts. And in another scripture, God calls the locusts, it's his army, his army of locusts, right? How they just come in and devour everything. And they were showing this super swarm of locusts. Two, over two billion, would it be two billion strong of locusts? They were everywhere. Now, before they could fly, they were all over the ground. They covered the ground. It was, it was amazing. And, and then at some point when they needed more food and, the, and the, you know, the swarm was growing bigger, they spread wings and they flew off and they just started devouring everything until their food was gone and then they died. But think about this. Gideon, God God, God used Gideon in a mighty defeat of this army, but he didn't allow Gideon to have the full strength of the army that came down to him. Now, even if he had, from what the Bible is telling us, right, there were so many of the forces that they looked like locusts. They were everywhere, everywhere. But God said, no, no, no. You know, I'm not going to use I'm not going to use those people. Right. And, and you know, the story, he whittled down Gideon's troops until he only had 300 men. 300 men going up against an army like that. And what did God say? He's doing that because he didn't want them to say that they did it in their own strength. You know, one thing about men, the nature of men, we talk about the nature of God. Let's talk about the nature of men for a moment, because we're all all men human, right? We're all, we're all a part of the human race. Mankind will take credit. <clears throat> They'll take credit where they can. They'll insert themselves where they really should not and want to take credit for something that the Lord did. That is our basic nature as humans. Okay. So God already knows this. So what did he do? He cut it down to make it impossible. It is impossible. There is no way any human in their right mind could think, yeah, I did this by my own strength. No way. No way. This is who God is. 
Our God is the God of miracles, signs and wonders. Our God is the God that does the impossible. So when you find yourself in a situation that's impossible, don't freak out. Don't freak out. You need to turn and go to the Lord because the Lord is the one that will deliver you from it. He probably allowed it into your life. Even if it was something of your own doing, he still allowed it. And when you repent, he's going to bring you out of it. That's what he does. He's always the same. He's always the same. And so, again, I'm going to read that scripture and then I'm moving on to the next one. Hebrew 11:34. Quench the violence of fire, escape the edge of the sword out of weakness, were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of aliens. Now, moving on to 2 Corinthians 12, verses 9 and 10. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Now, this is Paul talking to us. Paul had been in so many situations to where the weakness of his humanity was very evident. Like, in other words, there's nothing that he could do to protect himself. There's nothing that he could do to save himself. All he could do was rely on the mercies of God. All he could do was rely on the on the Lord. The scripture says that what the Lord is my helper. The Lord is my helper. Therefore, I will not fear what man may do unto me. The Lord is my helper. This is one of the things that Paul learned. You know, as you are walking in union with Christ, over the years, and it takes some time, right? Because you're learning about his character. It's one thing for you to read it in the Bible, but you don't know about him yet. You know, like I was dating my wife, Angela, online, right? We met online in eHarmony, right? But not to give glory to eHarmony, but to give glory to God because he's the one that led me there <laughs> and led Angela there. And then we met and it's just amazing, right? But Oh, God is faithful. Hold on a second. Out made perfect in weakness. Right. So God is the same. When you're weak, he always will rise up and help you as long as you're walking in step with him. And so as I was saying a moment ago, on eHarmony, you have to make a profile. The profile is to tell people who you are, about your character, about your likes and dislikes, the type of person that you're looking for, so on and so forth. It's one thing to read it, but you don't know that person. I read Angela's profile and I was like, oh, okay. Hmm. Oh, she seems interesting. Like, it seems like somebody I like to get to know, right? You know, she read mine and is thinking the same thing, but we didn't actually know each other until we started talking. We started having a relationship. We started, you know, being intimate and, and, and learning about each other's nature, about our basic character. Then we could look back and be like, wow, you know what? Yeah, what you wrote on your profile, that was 100% accurate. That really is who you are. That's how it is walking with the Lord. Now, this podcast, I always say it's grown folk talk for the mature Christian, but I also say it's for baby Christians, right? Because 
You need somebody to tell you these things. I didn't have people telling me these things. I had to learn it the hard way, right? But as you, you read the Bible, God reveals himself to you. Yes, he's a mysterious God, but he tells you about who he is. He shows you his profile in the Bible. And then it's up to you to walk with him daily. How do you do that? You pray to him. You read the Bible. The Bible says that if you draw nigh unto me, I'll draw nigh unto you. Another version says, if you draw near unto me, I'll draw near unto you. You have to go looking for him. You have to go searching for him. And you sit at his feet and you spend time with him. And the Bible says the Lord knows those who are his. Right. He knows who's really looking for him. He knows who, you know, they just said the prayer and that was it. And they living like hell every other day. Right. They ain't got no relationship with the Lord. God knows. But he knows those who are faithful like you, brother, like you, sister. He knows those people who are faithful and actually walking in relationship with him, learning that he really is who he says he is. Psalm 34, 8 says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good and blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Oh, taste and see. What is that? Hey, you got to learn through experience, through walking with him, that he really is good, that he really is true, that he really is faithful. Come on. That he really is loving, that he really is kind, that he really is caring, that he really is gentle and all of these things and that he's a God of miracles. He is that. But you don't find that out if you don't walk in relation to him in step with him him, then you don't know. You just reading the profile and going past and doing whatever it is you're doing instead of committing yourself to the Lord, your God. Now, I'm going to read that scripture again, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. And again, this is Paul. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Think about this. Weak. When you're weak, what is that? Is that like a physical weakness, like you're a 90 pound weakling, as they used to say back in the day? What is that? Or is it merely like you don't have the strength to overcome these obstacles that you're facing? You don't have the wherewithal to do it. Even if you try to muster up all your courage and might, you know, I, I don't got it in me to do that. See, that's that's humility. When you recognize that, then God can move. You can really see him because once you realize, oh, I can't fight that thing. I have to I have to go to God and say, like, God. I, that thing is way too big. Like, please help me. You look at King Hezekiah when the enemy was coming in to take over and King Hezekiah started praying to God and he was telling him like he was telling him about what the Rabshakeh said about his emperor. Right. And and in and, and one point, Hezekiah says, you know, Lord, it is true what he said, because the guy said, hey, my master, anybody that called on their God. My master wiped them all out. They wiped out all of these nations. He went down the list and started reading the nations. Hezekiah basically said, like, it is true what he said about, you know, it is true. Uh, but if you don't deliver us, basically, we're going to be destroyed. See, he acknowledged 
the real issue. And then he had to lean. He was in a place of weakness. So in his place of weakness, he was made strong. Now, let's talk about. What? Why? Why is that? Why is it that when you're in a place of weakness and you acknowledge your weakness before the Lord and you lean on the Lord that you're made strong? Because, see, there's something there. There's something there about it. Let's talk about this. okay? And the scripture says. We're going to bounce around a little bit. Yeah, we're going to bounce here. <laughs> okay, let's back up. Let's back up. But we are going to come to that, right? Before we get to that place, many times, before we get to that place of humility where we're recognizing that we're weak, we focus on ourselves. And this is the thing that causes us anxiety, turmoil, great fear, sleepless nights, right? you're shedding tears and whatever else because we're focused on what we what we gonna do when God called Moses what did Moses do he focused on on himself right hey basically I I I have a problem with my my mouth I I stutter how 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 can I do it I, I stutter right God said who made the mouth when he called Gideon to do what he did what did Gideon say? Judges 6.15. And he said to him, this is Gideon talking to the Lord. And he said to him, please, Lord, how can I? He's focused on himself. How can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. Some versions say, behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the weakest in my father's clan. So again, God uses the weak things. That's what he does. But you notice his focus, his focus was on himself. So when we focus on ourselves, then there's a problem. We can't flow in the faith that we actually have for the Lord. We can't flow in his power. We can't access his deliverance, right? Because you're focused on the wrong thing. We all know about Peter when Peter started walking on the water, which is amazing. He had that much faith in Jesus. He walked on the water when he took his eyes off Jesus and focused on himself and the circumstances. We know he started to sink and the Lord was merciful and he grabbed them out of the water. Right. Now, look at what the Lord's answer to Gideon was. Right. Gideon said, how can I save Israel? Right. My clan is the weakest. I'm the weakest in the whole clan. God says, oh, Judges, Judges 616. And the Lord said to him, but I will be with you. And you shall strike the Midianites as one man. So there's a contradiction right there. We say, what can I do? The Lord says, this is what I'm going to do. Right. That's the focus. I've heard some preachers say the focus shouldn't be when we go to the Lord. Like, like oh, Lord, what am I going to do about it? He said, that's totally the wrong thing. You're already veering off. You took your eyes off the Lord and now you're going to start sinking in the water. When really the focus should be, oh, Lord, you know, acknowledge who he is. You're the Lord of Lords. You're the God of gods. You're the king of the universe, the ancient of all days. And Lord, our God, you are a God of covenant, a God of glory, a God of resplend resplendent glory and power. Dominion and majesty are yours. Deliverance is yours, God. 
Oh God, mighty God, what are you going to do about this? Because you see what's going on. Oh God, I just want to come here with you and, and lay this at your feet and say, what are you going to do about it? Just like Hezekiah did. Oh God, what are you going to do about this? See, that's when you experience the power. So out of weakness, the Bible says in Hebrews eleven thirty four, out of weakness, they were made strong. Now, now, now why? I said we're going to come to this. Why do you get strength in times like that? It's not some magical thing. It's because of what it's because of what fruit is born out of that particular moment or situation when you humble yourself before the Lord and realize there's no way I can defeat it. I'm a weak thing before before the Lord. I'm weak. Lord, help me. Help me. Help me. When you do that, see your prayer changes. There's a there's a prayer that comes out of self-sufficiency. And then there's the prayer that contrasts that the prayer that actually gets things done. And that's the prayer of dependency, the prayer of weakness and dependency. See, prayers like that. The prayers out of weakness, out of dependency, those are prayers of fervor, fervor. It's way different than the little thee, thou, and thither prayer that goes up and might bounce off the ceiling and not go anywhere, so to speak. <clears throat> we know God actually hears everything, but your prayer ain't really coming to the throne. It's, it's not penetrating. When we talk about, you talk about Daniel. In the book of Daniel, it was explained to Daniel by the angel that God heard him from the moment he started praying. This was a real prayer. These are real prayers. He was fasting and everything. Right. But he was withstood by the prince of Persia. You have to understand that the Bible says the devil is the prince of the power of the air where they were kicked out of heaven. People think the devil is in hell. He's not in hell. Come on now. Come on now. The devil is not in hell. He is where he was kicked out and put there. God made multiple heavenlies. There's three different heavens we know of, right? The devil and his spirits reside in the air. It's a sec the second heaven, the third heaven, like Paul was talking about, where this man was caught up to the third heaven. That's where the Lord is. But the enemy, <laughs> they're, in the, they're above us. Your prayers got to go through that. So you're, you're praying this little prayer of self-sufficiency and then wondering, oh, why, oh, why is the Lord not coming to help me? You start the enemy starts slapping you around. You start walking in doubt in fear and everything else. Well, maybe maybe the, the book I'm reading, the Bible is not true. Maybe I should go look to another religion. Maybe I should go call on another God. But it wasn't on God. It was on you. It was the way that you were praying. You you weren't praying fervently. The Bible clearly tells you. It's not a book of mystery. God puts it out there. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. James 5, 16 through 18. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be heard. No, excuse me, healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Right. Elias or Elijah was a man subject to like passions or we are. In other words, he was Elijah was just a person. He was just a normal person like you and me. Right. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again and the heavens gave rain and the earth brought forth her fruit. So I think it's interesting that God put this here. Why would he kind of break it down and explain, hey, he was just a man like you and me. 
Because he already knows what people are going to say is, well, he had a special relationship with God. He was the prophet Elijah. Who am I? I'm nobody. I'm not a prophet. God didn't call me. God don't speak to me like that. I'm not some mighty prophet that can go before a king. But what did God say right there? He was a man of, of, of like passions. He's just like you and me. He's just a person. But what he did do, it didn't rain because he prayed a prayer of self-sufficiency. It says right there, he prayed earnestly. Right. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That type of a prayer is a prayer out of weakness. It's a prayer out of out of desperation. It's a prayer that understands this can't happen any other way. God help. That, that's when you really cry out to the Lord. And then when you do it, I've never seen in my life with Christ. Not one time. When I actually really cried out to him and I prayed a fervent prayer, let me tell you, every time I prayed a prayer like that, heaven and earth moved. God moved every single time. He moved to help me. He moved to change the situation. He moved to make the enemy that was coming in at me flee before me every time. And God never changes. This is who he is. This is who he is. Let's go to this scripture right here. First Corinthians 1, 25 through 29. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For consider your calling, brothers. In other words, think about your lives. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth, but. God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are. Why? So that no human being might boast in the presence of God. There it is right there again. It's right there. When God spoke to Gideon, that was in the Old Testament. This scripture I just read, that's in the New Testament. That's 1 Corinthians. That's Paul. But we see God never changes. He never changes. So what you can take away from this is when you find yourself in a situation, and here's the cool thing about it. Honestly, you don't even have to find yourself in a situation. You just really have to sit down and think about who you are and in your life. Think about some things that you struggle with your whole life. For those that know me, you heard my podcast. You know, I used to struggle with pornography for many years, many years since I was 13. I struggled. I used to cry and pray and God help me and this and that. And then at some point I realized I can't do this without you, God. I just can't. I can't. And I don't want to grow old and die and be this person and, and, and not get into heaven. I don't want to do that. And what did he do? He delivered me. He delivered me. He's the same. He's the same. But there must be that earnest prayer. There must be that prayer of fervency. If not, right? It doesn't say that God won't answer those prayers. But what does he say? It said the effective fervent, excuse me. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So maybe the little thee thou and thither prayer, you know, sometimes God, you know, sometimes he answers those prayers. So he's not saying he ain't going to answer. He's saying he ain't going to hear it. But if you really want things to change in your life, 
you have to come to the Lord from a place of weakness. Weakness. Now, look at this scripture. Look at this. I didn't even know he was going to bring this up. Okay. Um, oh, God, I believe this was the prophet Elisha. I don't have the exact scripture, but y'all can Google it and find it very simply. I think it was Elisha, <laughs> right, where basically the king told the king was looking for this particular prophet. Man, you know, I can't even do y'all like that. I, I got to look this up right quick. Give me a second. I can't do, I can't do this. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. And see, even while I'm talking, I'm doing the same thing that y'all can do. I just did just doing a quick Google search for what the topic is. Oh. OK, give me a second. OK, 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 let me see. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I really want to pull this up for you guys. Give me a second. Give me a second. Give me a second. Oh, the Lord sending fire. See, the Holy Spirit helps you. <laughs> the Lord sending fire down and destroying uh, two troops. Here we go. There we go. It was actually Elijah. See, I'm so glad I looked it up. <laughs> okay, 2 Kings 1 through 10. Give me a second while I pull this up. 2 Kings 1 through 10. And I didn't say this yet, but remember. Remember that uh, please don't allow this to be a uh, a replacement for your time in the Bible, right? You have to Google and as thoughts come up to you, you can do literally what I just did. Oh, I know that story, but I don't really know where that is. You know the story, just type it in. God sent down fire from heaven and destroyed two troops. Bing, there it was, just that simple. All right, here we go. Okay, 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 yep, so it was Elijah the Tishbite. Hold on, hold on, we are gonna back it up so y'all know. Second Kings one. Second Kings one five. Oh, this is gonna be a minute. Okay, okay, okay. Second Kings one five through seventeen. So basically, this king. This king was uh, sick and instead of going to God, here's the backstory, he, he went to this fake phony God and was expecting God to heal him. So verse four, actually we're going to start at verse four. Now, therefore, thus saith the Lord. This is God telling Elijah this, telling him what to say. Now, therefore, thus saith the Lord. Oh, we got to back it up. Okay. Sorry, Lord. Sorry, folks. <laughs> Second Kings one, verse three. But the angel of the Lord said to Elijah the Tishbite, Arise, go up to meet the messengers of the king of Samaria and say unto them, Is it not because there is not a God in Israel that ye go to inquire of Baalzebub, the God of Ekron, with a little g God? Now therefore thus saith the Lord, Thou shalt not come down from that bed on which thou art gone up, but shalt surely die. And Elijah departed. And when the messengers turned back unto him, he said unto them, Why are ye now turned back? And they said unto him, there came a man. So this is the messengers talking to the king. And they said unto him, there came a man up to meet us and said unto us, go turn again unto the king that sent you and say unto him, thus saith the Lord, 
Is it not because there is not a God in Israel that thou sendest to inquire of Baalzebub, the God of Ekron? Therefore, thou shalt not come down from that bed on which thou art gone up, but shalt surely die. And he said unto them, what manner of man was he which came up to meet you and told you these words? And they answered him. He was an hairy man and girt with a girdle of leather about his loins. And he said, it is Elijah the Tishbite. Then the king sent unto him, what? He sent to Elijah, right? A captain of 50 with his 50. And he went up to him and behold, he said, but basically he's sending, he's sending troops to go bring him in, right? Out of his pride and arrogance and self-sufficiency. Right. And he went up to him and behold, he sat on the top of a hill and he spake unto him, thou man of God, the king hath said, come down. And Elijah answered and said to the captain of 50, if I be a man of God, then let fire come down from heaven and consume thee and thy 50. And there came down fire from heaven and consumed him and his 50. Now, this happened again to a, the second troop that came. And then for compression of time here, y'all can read it on your own. Then the king in verse 13, he sent again a captain of the third 50 with his 50. And the third captain of 50 went up and came and fell on his knees before Elijah and besought him and said unto him, O man of God, I pray thee, let my life and the life of these 50 thy servants be precious in thy sight. Behold, there came fire down from heaven and burnt up the two captains of the former 50s with their 50s. Therefore, let my life now be precious in thy sight. And the angel of the Lord said unto Elijah, Go down with him. Be not afraid of him. Now, look at this. So you see the difference in attitudes. The Bible says that God resists the proud. But he shows favor and, and, and grace to the humble. So the first two captains were very proud and full of themselves. They didn't acknowledge who God was. The third one. He had a very different attitude. Did you see his attitude? It wasn't one of self-sufficiency. It wasn't one that came like, I come in the name of the king. He acknowledged in humility who God was, who the Lord was. And he knew what? He would be destroyed. He would be destroyed unless the Lord relented. And how did he approach? He prayed for him and his servants. He acknowledged God. He acknowledged the man of God. Oh, please spare thy servant. And the Lord was pleased with that. And the angel told him, go down with him. This is the same God. So you see, the Holy Spirit is taking us from Old Testament to New Testament to Old Testament. He's the same God. So when you acknowledge, you recognize whether it's something internal you've been struggling with, as, as the phrase goes, that, you know, you wrestle with your own personal demons or inner demons, or if it's something external coming against you that will surely wipe you out. Something surely that you need help with. It could be you. It could be a loved one. It could be a family member. Somebody. It could be about your nation. Daniel prayed and fasted for his nation and the Lord moved. Why? Because he's the same yesterday, today and forevermore. And we're coming to a close here. We are definitely coming to a close here, buddy. All right. <laughs> Let's keep it moving. A little over 30 minutes. When I look back over my life, the other day I was driving and it just it just occurred to me different things in my life that I had done by faith. Like, you know, in Hebrews 11, like that's the, the chapter for faith. And this is not about me. I'm not trying to lift me up. I'm saying this is what occurred to me. And I started building up my, my faith in the car. It's like, hey, you know, in the Bible, it says like by faith, you know, Gideon did this by faith. You know, they conquered. They did this. Right. It, it was it was just like that. You could do the same. And I was like, wow, you know, hmm. by faith, I've seen a deaf man healed. Right. By faith, the Lord, 
the word of the Lord came to me and told me what to do. And I went and prayed for Vincent with another Christian and another person that wasn't a Christian. He just gave us a ride there. But the Lord said he wanted him to see the power of God because that person grew up uh, 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 with voodoo. He was Haitian. And he grew up with voodoo, so he knew about voodoo, the power of voodoo, but he didn't know about the power of the Lord. And he saw, he watched as the Lord delivered a man that had been deaf his whole life. He got his hearing back in that night. And you know what happened? There was five or six kids, teenagers, there at the time. After that man got his hearing back, all the kids came out, dropped to their knees, gave their lives to God on the spot. And by God, I mean the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. On the spot. Right. And you know what started that? The man was praying to God to to be healed. And I was praying to the Lord. I was seeking the Lord. And he told me, yep, go. I'm going to show you some miracles. I'm going to I'm going to do miracles. And that was one of the miracles. But anyway, I've seen the miraculous birth of my daughter, whose mom used drugs all nine months. The doctor said that child is going to be retarded or brain dead. Or maybe even still, still born, right? I prayed, I was crying out to God, like, God, please, please, please. I used to go pray in this graveyard because I thought, well, it's quiet. No one's going to bother me. And nobody did. And then the Lord answered me, told me to go up there, kick the devil out, lay hands on my uh, pregnant wife at the time. That, that was my wife at the time. And he would heal my child. That's what he did. The doctor was dumbfounded, couldn't understand what happened. That child surely by medical science was not supposed to be the way she is. But God overrode it. Why? The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man, what? Availeth much. Do you need something availed much? Do you need yourself to be availed of something in a great way? You, you have some of you don't even have to think about it. You already know because you lose sleep every day, right? But you just maybe need to change the way you're praying about it. Coming to a close here. I've seen the Lord give me a free house. <laughs> Got me in with a free house. <laughs> gave me a free car. Gave me favor to get employed when I had the wrong driver's license. I needed a job. I just came to him as a Christian. I said, Lord, I need a job to take care of my family. God, please help me. I don't know how I'm going to take care of my family. Please help me. What did he do? I looked in the newspaper. There was a job for a bread truck driver. Come on now. I didn't even have the right license. <laughs> I didn't have the right license. I went in for the interview. The, the guy that was there to interview uh, before me, he used to drive a bread truck for their competition for many years. That guy had the right license and the right credentials. I had none of that. And you know what? They hired me. And honestly, I was a lousy bread truck driver. I was sideswiping cars and everything. But the Lord is merciful. <laughs> I was praying fervent, effectual prayers, and it availed much. This is God. This is what he does. I needed to stay in court. You heard me say this before so I could go to court for my kids because I was going to lose my kids. Right. The military says, sorry, you ain't going nowhere. You're coming to see with us. What did I do? I went to God. I started crying out to God. God, please. I'm going to lose my kids. God, please, please, please. You can't allow this. God, please help me. What are you going to do about this? Please let me stay. What happened? The, broke, the boat broke down. Dillard, you can go now. When I needed to go to court again, after the boat was fixed, they said, Dillard, and they didn't even know I need to go to court. They just was, hey, Dillard, we're going to leave you in port this time. 
We're going to send you to a school. And then what was I able to do? Go to court for my kids. And the last example, very close, near and dear to my heart. I was broken hearted <laughs> last year on July 1st, 2022. I was a wreck, y'all. I was devastated, right? I was in a relationship and it didn't work out at all. And not at all. It was very painful. And I'm sitting at this chair praying and just crying like, God, please, God, help me, help me, please, please, please. And the word of the Lord came here and told me to fast. And I was like, when you want me to fast? Uh, fast now. So from July 1st to July 4th, I fasted. And then a month later, I met Angela online. See, every time I prayed, and there's so many more examples, but it's just, I just shared a few of those with you folks. I ain't nobody special. I'm somebody just like you, just like Elijah, somebody just like you. But when you understand this, who God is, how God moves, when you understand who you are and that really you are weak, you're really a weak thing, then you can cry out and you will see God move time and time and time again in your life until you're old and great and you pass on and hopefully you don't pass on that mantle of knowledge, experiential knowledge with the Lord to your children and to others around you and your family. That's what's supposed to happen. Because God is a generational God and we God wants us to pass down those lessons to the next generation that he would keep them and the next generation that he would keep them. That's who God is. He never, ever changes. Amen. OK, so on that note. Like I said, remember, you have to know who God is and you have to humble yourself and pray a prayer out of desperation, right? A, a prayer of humility, a fervent, effectual prayer. And then you get to see that God will make you strong when you come out of a place of weakness. And there's one more thing that I forgot to say. Sorry, Lord. When you fast, you're in a place of weakness. You are afflicting your soul. That's what the Bible says. Like I just came off of a fast. I just came off of a three day fast. Right. And so it's not necessarily that you oh so hungry, but the energy is leaving your body. It's almost like you're dying slowly a little bit every day. Right. Because you're not eating food. You're humbling yourself and you, you're coming from a place of weakness. You're breaking down your flesh. You're afflicting your soul. You're breaking down your flesh and you're becoming weaker weaker and weaker. It's okay to deny yourself certain things that rise up in your life and become idols. Like there are times when I said, I ain't watching TV. I ain't watching no Marvel comics movies. I'm not doing it. Those are, that was a season of denial. That was a period, but it didn't make my flesh weaker per se, because I didn't break it down where it really, right? I didn't take the food away. So even if you look at Daniel, they say, oh, well, the Daniel fast, he did not eat food like there were some foods that he didn't eat. He was still weakening his body. Right. And it was for a time, a set time period. So the fasting that I'm talking about, the fasting the Bible talks about is not we're going to fast from TV. That's a popular thing people say. But really all you're doing and that is you're acknowledging there's an idol in your life. And an idol isn't necessarily something that you build. I'm going to make me this idol. That, that is an idol. But an idol, the way the Lord looks at it, it's anything that you place before the Lord. That is an idol. When you look at Abraham, right? Why did, why did God tell Abraham to kill his son? 
his firstborn son, his only son. Why? Because Abraham trusted God like no other. But that son could have been an idol. Would he put his child, the, the child of promise, the, the, the miracle child, would he put that child before his obedience to the Lord? Let's test it out. Right. Kill your son. And what did he do? We know the story. He was going to kill him. And God said, stop. Now I know. Right. Now I know who you are, basically. Right. That's how God is. He's always the same. So fasting will also weaken you. And when you really want to get things done, you fast. Read through the Bible. Look at all the examples. When people wanted to get stuff done, they needed deliverance or whatever it was. They tore their clothes. They fasted. They were crying out before the Lord. Fervent, effectual prayers out of a place of weakness. And thus, as the scripture says, out of weakness, we're made strong. That's it. That's it. That's it. OK, always remember, I love you guys with the love of the Lord. Even if I never met you before, you are my brothers and sisters in Christ. That's all. That's what's up. We're connected through his spirit and through the blood. We have the same father. That's all that matters to me. OK, love you guys. Be encouraged. And remember, always, always, always submit yourself first unto God. Then resist the devil and he will flee from you until next time. Aloha and be blessed.